Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thank you very, very much for joining in today, episode 228. An amazing, amazing special guest, Mr. Guy Lawrence. Uh, Guy Lawrence, geez, I don't really know how to describe this man, but... Uh, He's uh, an amazing uh, individual, amazing, amazing gentleman, originally from Wales, uh, was almost a professional rugby player, I believe, back in the day. He was a plumber, uh, moved to Australia uh, quite a few years ago, and lives down Byron Bay, uh, down the Byron area, or Byron Shire, uh, which uh, many pe- good people do. Now, Guy uh, has an amazing uh, podcast called Let It In, and uh, just by chance, a mutual friend of ours uh, introduced me to Guy. I started listening to a few of his podcasts and uh, some of his guests. Um, I've had conversations with, and they've started to really change my my thinking and my life in many ways. So, Guy's had uh, some access to some amazing people from all around the world. Um, back in the day, he had a, an organisation, a business called One Hundred and Eighty Nutrition. He started doing podcasting in two thousand and thirteen, sold that business, and uh, started his own. Um, uh, I suppose. Uh, uh, private uh, enterprise uh, guylawrence.com uh, where he does retreats and he does uh, workshops and a variety of different things, teaches meditation, high-level meditation, um, very much about creating awakening awareness in, uh, in humanity and very much uh, lined up and, and focused on helping people to trust their hearts. And really that's what we need to be able to do as humans moving forward where we're not here just to survive and pay tax in a super or get a super. We're here to thrive. We've got so much gift and potential within us. You know, We just need to be able to learn how to access that and tap into that regularly and daily. And that's so good for our holistic well-being, so, so good for everyone around us and so awesome for our mental well-being, which uh, many people struggle with at the moment. But you know, now it's time to take our power back, so I'm sure you're going to enjoy this chat. Please uh, email me some feedback to support at outbackmind.org.au. If you'd like to support the Outback Mind Foundation, uh, please jump on the website, outbackmind.org.au. G'day, Guy. Aaron, how are you? Very well, mates. Uh, very grateful to be uh, be speaking with you. I know uh, we've got some pretty good mutual friends out there, and uh, it's funny how the universe sort of links us all together in uh, one way, shape, or form, you know? A thousand percent it does. There's never any accidents these days. That's what I'm finding anyway. As long as you don't live in your head, then you're, then you're open to receiving them. <laughs> exactly right. And, you know, why is this happening? This is happening for a reason. And just exploring that with curiosity rather than judgment, I think, is really uh, uh, a missing link and a gift that uh, a lot of us are unconscious of. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Well, I'm excited to be on your podcast today. Now, let me and... ask you. I'll go ahead, mate. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you a question. Um, if you were at a dinner party and someone asked you to describe yourself, how would you describe yourself? <laughs> uh, great question uh, I, you know it, it, it happens regular because I've actually just moved to um, Yamba I've been down here eight months so I'm constantly meeting new people all the time strangers and I, I find that the simplest thing I say these days is I just say I run retreats mm. and workshops and because they generally ask me oh what do you do for work because they associate you work in the location and I'm like no no I can I move work around all the country you know so so that's the first thing i answer and then if they start to prod a little further which generally happens um it's like well what kind of retreats do you do and and then i tend to say i help people work on themselves the inner work you know get to know thyself a little more and and start to break down the walls and barriers that I think that the masks that we tend to hold in life sometimes and, and when we're ready and we've had enough and we want to create some change that's generally when people come to us and our work with the retreats and workshops and things then that's where it normally starts and from there I guess depending on the person they might ask well how do you do that what do you work with and we say we use all sorts of different tools and we use movement the breath 
body, uh, sound is a big component, and also community actually co-creating a space together is extremely powerful as well. So that's probably how I'd sum it up. Amazing, mate. And uh, isn't that really uh, getting back to the essence of humanity, I guess, at the end of the day, what you're, what you're doing is you're, you're helping people remember. Uh, exactly. Especially over the last few years, uh, it would be fair to say that most of us have you know, found it challenging at some stage with the lockdowns and, and the, the messaging and the fear that everything is perpetuated through society in general. I mean, my entire life, I can never remember any other moment in my life like that. Mm. You know, when you think about my, my parents and grandparents that had to deal with war and things like that, you know, for me, this was the closest thing to a traumatic event that I would have experienced on such a large scale. Mm. And we don't, I feel we don't appreciate how much that can actually impact us, impact us not just on a physical aspect, on an emotional level, uh, on a mental level, and even a spiritual level. And quite often, society doesn't nurture any of those other aspects of ourselves. So then we avoided them in the first place, and we don't even know there's issues that are just kind of rippling underneath the surface. Mm. So for us, it's very important that we actually start to nurture these aspects back into what I feel should be regular conversations, should be a regular part of life, and starting to embrace all cultures, all people, all humanity, and also allowing us to connect, you know, get past the facades and the way we end up portraying ourselves just to fit in. And it's quite incredible, Aaron, you know, when we can, you know, in January, we had 41 people at our retreat. And by the end of the six days, everyone felt more connected in that room than probably they had with friends that they'd known their entire life. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and that's basically starting to just cut the bullshit and get back to the core of it all and really start to um, connect. Getting into the subtle body and getting into these elements that, um, you know, we, we don't often visit that often and, um, you know, helping people, uh, yeah, as I, as I mentioned, remember and get back to that soul and, and the heart and, you know, the, the, the trusting of the heart and, and that type of thing, I think, is, is really, um, you know, uh, uh, within all of us. Uh, we're just going to be able to find uh, access and, uh, and allow space to do so. And it's interesting, Guy, you know, you talked about turmoil before and the wars and all the, you know, the stuff that goes on. And you know, my, my biggest lesson in life has been the importance of making sure that I can be, uh, you know, grounded and anchored every day. I, I do sadhana every morning, which is, you know, a uh, couple of hours of movements and meditation and that and that that's my um my time to to get back to that feeling of um equilibrium again and um you know i, I really believe that if you can stay in a space of um containment you can really work your way through uh, all the twists and turns of life possibly yeah and it's really important that we do start to nurture uh, a self-care practice of some sort that that supports all levels you know i grew up in wales and rugby was my was my my passion sport and it was a very physical game as i'm sure you well know and there was no i was conditioned in such a way culturally and and in an environment where we only look at the physical we, we only kind of look at that aspect. Emotions are never dealt with. Um, the mental aspect, you just kind of bottle up and you just stew in your thoughts. And, and there was certainly no spiritual aspect. Yes. You know, we're not talking religion here. We're talking something, uh, for me, that has no kind of infrastructure, but the essence of what a human is. Yeah. At that, So I never grew up with religion either. So when you're a void of all that, Finding your way to then start to look and understand that can feel very challenging. Asking someone to just start to listen to their heart or connect to their heart can feel very foreign. I remember if somebody said that to me 20 years ago, I would be, I, I really don't understand what you're on about, mate. You know, mm. and and the fact then if we're not even aware of these concepts or these things, we don't, we're not even aware that there is an alternative way that we can start to nurture. Just like how if we start to improve the quality of the food we eat or the quality of uh, the movement we get in daily or start to bring in some exercise or physicality, they can have certain positive 
um, ramifications over a long period of time, yes? So it then becomes the same that, but we tend to keep those separate from all the other aspects of what it means to be human. Especially if you look at the medical system, they kind of ignore the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual aspect and only deal with the physical and look at everything from a mechanical perspective. Yes. And that will only get us so far. Mm. It, it works in some areas, but not in others, you know? Mm. So, so for me then, looking at all these aspects, then, hey, we've got to bring awareness to that these other, these other practices do exist, but also then start to nurture them. How do we, how do we nurture them and get beyond, I guess, the, the protective self, the ego or whatever you want to do, that, again, runs unconsciously for most of the time because that's how we are conditioned in society to be. You know, we're constantly bombarded with media, with social media, everyone's vying for your attention and actually subliminally telling you how to be a certain way just to be to, to spend money and, and get caught in the whole cycle of it all and if we're not developing some kind of awareness practice and nurturing most importantly our nervous system as well and understanding that there's different states of being and that we are not our emotions, we're not our mind, we're, we're actually something far greater than that and if we're willing to be the observer of those and and develop the practice on a daily basis, just like brushing your teeth, just like eating food, just like exercising, then we're opening ourselves up to a lot more possibility. And through that, we can then change the trajectory of our lives. Yeah. But there's no quick fix. I mean, I'm 48, I just turned 48, and everything I've ever achieved in my life has been done through hard work yeah. and wanting a future more than the story of my past. Yes. Yeah, and being stuck in that, and it takes work to move through it, doesn't it? You know, I, I was maybe thirty-seven when I started to really change, and and you know, I just had determination to to release a lot of the blockages that I'd I'd had there, and you know, I'm fifty-one now, and um, you know, that that's that's you know, a lot of that healing's been done, but there's probably still a little bit more, and you're always discovering things that are deep down inside you, which you may not be conscious of, and uh, um, you know, for me. Um, for me, I guess, you know, I was brought up in a, in a similar environment to you where it was all about sport and it was all about, um, you know, having an identity or being a performer and who had the best house or the best car or this, that, the other. Mm. And you were attached to these things which are, you know, third dimensional, which are really, uh, you know, keeping us away from, from our true potential as humans. Um, you know, I, I quite, I have strong connection and, and respect for Indigenous Australians and, and Indigenous Americans and Native cultures that, that, that spirituality is their, you know, their, their foundation. Um, they're, they're connected to something much bigger than themselves. And we've been programmed the other way to be, you know, connected to things um, uh, that, uh, that, that are, you know, temporary, uh, material, um, you know, where, where, where we're going into the base chakras of fear, shame, guilt, you know, that, um, that sort of space where we, when we move out of that sort of, you know, that first and second dimension into the third dimension, which we're sort of living in in modern society, then go to the fourth dimension, which is the heart and, and move up from there, then we start to really open ourselves up to potential. And, you know, some of the most powerful work that I did, Guy, was I, I love teaching yin yoga. And yin yoga, you open your body up and uh, you, you, you basically see people, um, you know, going through emotional things on the mat. But I've taught this in, in Maximum Security Prison where guys are highly agitated. And by the end of those sessions, you see, you know, them come back to their, their, their soul essence again in their hearts. And, and that is amazing. You know, this is the sort of stuff that... I'd like to see more of moving forward that uh, that healing and you know you talked about um, uh, I suppose individuals you know that are unwell and that too like I believe if you can align the mind the soul and the spirit uh, together and, and allow yourself to let go then our healing potential is amazing but because we're in such fear and we're in you know chemical restraint and that consistently we're not giving our our bodies a chance to, to do you know what's capable of would you agree? I, w I would wholeheartedly. <clears throat> I think when you start to unravel and dive into this into this work and start asking bigger questions, and even start exploring our fears and what it means to be human, mm. and it's something I've been asking a long time. You know, I, I feel I've had the privilege of through my own 
um, I guess, doing, but like I achieved success in this with a supplement company, a natural supplement company, you know, 10 years ago. And, and that opened up a whole world for me with the podcasting world. And I wanted to ask bigger questions about the food industry, bigger questions about the health industry, mm-hmm. bigger questions about even spirituality as well, which then starts the inquiry inward. And we are so fixated on experiencing our reality, A, through our five senses. So, you know, if I can touch it and see it, it's real. And if it's not, I'm, I'm excluding that because I, I can't, you know, there's no tangible relationship to that in that moment. But B, then we, we actually operate unconsciously for the majority of our day. And so we keep reaffirming our reality on a daily basis unconsciously. And that's, we're then experiencing and fixating on such a small spectrum of what totality could be or might just might be. And once we start to remove from those senses, we can then start to ask the bigger question, what does it mean to be human? Yes. Are we, are we then, like there's an there's a, there's a exchange of information that's going on every single second under your, under your awareness, under your breath. You know, when you think about the cells that come online every second, your heart beats, your lung beats, your, the detoxification through the lymphatic systems, the, the skeletes, the, the, the arm movements, like it's insane when you think how many processes are happening beyond your mind mm. right now. Mm. And we don't even give that attention to ourselves, to the body. And then when you start to explore that, then there must be an information exchange that's happening at the speed of light for, the, for all these things to be happening. Like in an instantaneous communication, your body knows exactly what to do if we get out of the way from the mental aspect. So then you explore that a little bit deeper and then go, well, if that information, where is that information coming from? What is giving rise to the cells that actually appear from nowhere every second? They're effectively a stem cell. And that stem cell is waiting for information to receive so it can express itself into life in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you start looking at that, we start looking at the wonders and the miracles, or maybe the non-miracles of the universe. It's just we're not even paying our attention to it. So if we start looking at that and looking at how the body operates, well, maybe then there's a way of starting to explore this informational aspect that's actually given instructions to the physical form that's coming online every second. And then when we start thinking about it differently, maybe there's a different pro- approach to getting out of our own way and not and trusting that our the body, the wisdom of our anatomy, really wants to be in rhythm with nature, really wants to be in harmony with the universe. And that's beyond the egoic mind. And if we are then willing to give it permission to start to reorganize itself because it knows what to do, we just need to start to get out of the way. And that's where the practices and everything starts to come into place. And once you start experiencing that, once you have a taste of it, once you have a taste of something that goes beyond your five senses that nobody else can take away from, they might not see it physically because they're on the outside looking in, but you've experienced it, that you can never undo. And that is what starts to change the trajectory of your entire life. If you're willing to start explore that and trust and be around people that have walked the path before you that understand this and you can start to learn the wisdom from others that have gone before you and instead of thinking that we know it all and being closed off to any of others, then that's when change will happen and we can lean into that wisdom and start to embody it because once that flame is lit within ourselves, we then want to pass it on to others to help them to along the way. So everything you said with the in yoga and prisons, you know, with with uh, a regular practice, it's chipping away at the self. But as we get to know thyself better, it's like getting to know an old friend, and you become you start to become much more aware, and you can start to explore your own dialogue and realize there's something far greater than all of that that are what we've been telling ourselves our entire lives. It sure is. You know, we we were sort of like for for me personally, um, I was very judgmental as a young person too because I believe I I had this beautiful pure essence, but the the educational system gave me you know the 
the ability to be able to you know get into criticism and guilt and shame and comparison and com- competition and that and that's a lot of stuff that um, that we believed and perceived to be real but it's purely the opposite of that which is you know the the functionality of of humanity isn't it once we get out of the road and connect to those um, true elements of human nature we can start to access the things you've been talking about yeah and you know emotions are a they're all, I, I, I believe there's no good or bad emotions they're just emotions and and they're all here to serve a function and we we tend to then buy into our emotions and when you look at emotions for an emotion to express itself there needs to be a chemical response and it's not to be devoid of emotion but most of the time we tend to avoid the emotion that's wanting to express itself as opposed to sit with it Mm. and lean into that emotion. And what we then do is that we distract ourselves. We've we've conditioned ourselves to be, I guess, comfortable in life. You know, I can, I can turn a TV on with a remote control. I don't have to move if I want. (laughs) Uh, I can make my car seat a little bit warmer if I choose to, you know, on a cold, on a cold day. Um, There's a, there's a, there's a lack of, of, responsibility in some respects I don't know that's such a big word and one we can explore if we want but um, that then when these emotions arise we've never been taught to deal with them we've been suppressing them quite you know when you think about it how often do we get our emotions shut down and they don't fully express themselves as a child right and that emotion is charged that is charged energy when that emotion arises and if we if we have nowhere for that emotion to that charged energy to completely move through like you'll see animals shake themselves and just go back to normal you know they're they're moving that frenetic energy that can come through and and we tend to we've been conditioned i'm not speaking for everyone but a lot of us have and you know to suppress emotions whether it be in school with friends you know and don't show it and then we we look, so we start suppressing them down, and and then all of a sudden that becomes a default mechanism: suppress that emotion down and don't let it actually move through the body. And of course, the body wants us to listen. You know, it, it the body is eternally wise, and if we're if we're devoid of that, and we can put a TV on, we can uh, drink a glass of wine or drink. 15 Guinnesses in my case when I was growing up in Wales playing rugby you know you can just mask everything that's going on but it it will catch up with us at one stage and so it's to if we are willing to start going there and leaning into how are we feeling and actually being with that feeling as opposed to running away with it and sitting in that discomfort then that, that that chemical can express itself that energy can express itself and it can move through and Quite often, there's wisdom and insight that our body's been trying to get our attention for um, from for a long time. So I don't know if that answers the question or the conversation, but I feel that's an important point, and I see it all the time in our workshops. You know, we had we had a I think we ran two workshops in Melbourne over the weekend and got in front of about 150 people, and whilst people were nodding their heads and agreeing with any of this when it actually come to the rubber meets the road let's do this yeah. there's resistance yes and that resistance is the unconscious resistance that's the egoic mind resistance that's the fear of what is going to happen to me i mean we joke because people think you know they're going to just self-combust and blow up in the in the middle of the room like because <laughs> <laughs> they're sitting with an emotion it's just an emotion you know and it's to honor them and it's not to avoid them and devoid them and and work with them and generally it's not the emotion itself is the issue it's the resistance to the emotion is the problem yes and as whatever resists persists so as we start to work with it and navigate it we can actually free our body of a lot of stagnant energy that's been sitting there and move through that and it's amazing and then we're helping the body come back to its natural state that like just like the rhythm of nature you know nature needs no words it knows exactly what to do. Well, the body's the same if we took the conscious mind out of the way. <laughs> oh, mate, you, you, the key word you mentioned is responsibility. You know, we've got the ability to, to choose our, our response to things. And if we, 
if we get out of the egoic mind and it's actually uh, control, you know, forcing us to do something which is taking us away from, you know, that, that deeper connection, um, this mm. is a, a, you know, a, a real, I suppose, key part of the conversation to help people understand that maybe they don't need to choose the way that they've chosen something previously. Maybe they need to explore the opposite to, um, to develop, uh, you know, I suppose, a, an awareness of what's possible um, and what the body's actually trying to teach us because... You know, I reckon nine out of ten people walking around in society are really disconnected from their physical body. And, um, you know, that's, I believe, our greatest teacher in many ways. If we're able to, you know, listen and, and connect and flow with that and have that flow more fluidly with nature, um, then, you know, we're actually uh, we're putting ourselves in a, in a place of, um, of pure, you know, pure health, I guess, at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, it's amazing what you've you've done with your nutrition business and all that, but you've all actually moved out of that because nutrition's only really a small part of, of everything, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, uh, as you as you've uh, probably understood over the last you know decade or so. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. And I just want to reiterate that responsibility aspect because I touched on it earlier, and it can feel like such a heavy word. It's like, oh my god, I've got enough responsibilities in my life. I've got kids, I've got a job, I've got to pay the bills, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and. And the, the thought that I take responsibility for myself, do it, you kidding me? It's just like, this is bullshit. I'm going to run and continue to do what we're doing, right? And and it feels so heavy. And, you know, it's funny, I was interviewing a guy called Peter Smith a couple of months back, beautiful human being, and he was talking about um, our, our trauma being passed through our generation. So, And I was like, Jesus, that feels heavy. I've not only got my own shit to deal with, but I've got all my ancestors' shit like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in my DNA right now, which I fully believe, by the way, right? Like I've seen enough and experienced enough now uh, with working with thousands of people that that's probably, but the thought of it was like, oh my God, <laughs> not only have I got to pay my bills, answer to my, my partners and my kids and my, my job and get up earlier and do this and want me to do bloody minute, you know, and also my responsibility <laughs> just feels like huge, yes. right? Yeah. And deal with their shit that they've decided to pass down from generations too much. I'm just going to keep drinking my beer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> right? easy, easy, yeah. <laughs> easy. So I get it, like I get it, but... The, the way you broke that word down, response ability. So we have a, we have the ability to respond to something, and it, that to me comes down to awareness, right? And actually starting to become aware, the thinker, metacognition, thinking about our thoughts. That is where we first start, and that takes no time. That's just the, the setting an alarm every thirty minutes, going, "Am I aware right now?" Mm. And keeping a diary and coming back to that, right? Because otherwise, we could become reactionary. And if we're reactionary, we're going to just keep perpetuating the same responses, which are unconscious, without the responsibility, and we will continue to spiral until something breaks, or our body breaks down on us because this, the, it, it's, not the, it's not getting the attention of mind enough. Like you're not, you're not you're listening to me now. I'm going to throw something bigger at you. I need you to look at this, and and then it finally happens. So. To me, if we start nurturing awareness through simple practices, just by setting the alarm on the phone, like I said, once every 30 minutes, what am I thinking? And and really start to just know that we can then start interjecting and we can stop the the spiral, if you like. But it, it takes time. There is no quick fix. We didn't get here overnight where we are right now, and we're not going to get out of it overnight either. Yes. You know, yes. unless there's a complete surrender, and normally for that complete surrender to happen, there normally has to be there's normally a big driving force of pain behind it. Mm. So I can't even remember what the question was, but it felt like I had to to lean into that. So it doesn't need to feel heavy. Like I got excited by it once I realized I could actually bring my power back to me. That got me excited, and before my supplement company. You know, I was cycling five days a week from in Sydney, from Coogee to the city every day to the university. I was living on a shoestring amount of money. And, you know, I'd gone through my own depression, my own kind of uh, journey to get to that point. But when I started to realize I could actually go beyond the victimhood of what I've been telling myself my entire life, the story, and I, and I could start bringing my power back, it was like plugging holes in a leaky bucket. Mm. And then that's like, wow, I can come back to this moment. I can be grateful for my heartbeat that I actually have life coursing through my veins and, and 
um, I still had time ahead, you know, and then I could start to bring gratitude in. I could see if I could make that person in the coffee shop smile that looked like they needed a smile, you know, and be more present. And just from doing those little exercises and things, I could really start to feel a shift within myself. Mm. And it's from there we start to get momentum. And what we want to do is start to get momentum. And then as we get that momentum, our focus starts to become clearer. And then as I started to get momentum, I could lean in and actually find mentors that I, that I aspired to, that I wanted to, to listen and learn from, not just the people around me that, who were friends and good people, but in some respects were holding me back. So then, then they start to to look at that, and who's going to support me and propel me forward, or who's actually just holding me back and feels like um, don't don't want me to succeed in any way because they are threatened by that. Yes. You know, there's a whole host of things that um, start to to look at. But at the end of the day, I got excited, and I felt like um, bringing that responsibility into me through a practice then was um, an opportunity, an opportunity for change. And that is what my wish is for anyone listening to this, wherever they are, that it's, it's all possible. You know, if the word impossible, if you dissect it and put a hyphen in it, it's I'm possible. Yes. And that's when we start to start to embrace that, that's when things will start to open up. And then we start to see the synchronicities. Amazing, mate. Look, it's it is when you when you dig into um, I suppose the English language and the construct of it all, and how you break words down and how that can be flipped around to to change your consciousness and awareness is is quite empowering. You know, um, there's you know it's amazing to see how these sorts of words were 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 were, were constructed, but. Um, you, you know, I, I believe humans can communicate much deeper through through our intuition, and and and, and these uh, these skills that we actually have that we're not really conscious of. You know, um, uh, we quite often like I'll have a thought about someone, and the next minute the phone will ring, and it'll be them. You know, that sort of stuff is 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 a communication uh, channel and pathway that. Um, that we're not really aware of, um, you know, and we get sort of caught up in the, uh, I suppose, the smaller self rather than the larger self and the whole self and what, uh, what you know, is possible for us and what our potential really is. And I just believe, you know, we're, we're in a really awesome moment in time now where, you know, you and I are having this conversation for a reason and it's going to spread to others that might, might potentially, um, you know, look at... Um, at questioning the way that they've lived life and, and have the ability to be able to redirect their lives in, in many ways because, um, uh, you know, you would not have um, been doing this if you had, have, uh, you know, become a professional rugby player and, and got all the accolades from that. So you'd be still unconscious in many ways. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is developing that intuitive side. Mm. And and again, like any any muscle, any skill set, it, it takes practice. But it's, once I started to understand that that was a possibility and that was something I could work on, then um, I lent into it. Again, it's removing the egoic mind because people could be listening to this and saying, oh, I suppose it though, like it just sounds a bit fluffy-duffy. Mm. Um, and I, live by, I, I based my whole progress on intuition, you know, from the supplement company to selling it to leaving to stepping into this work was all based on a knowing not on my mind. My logical mind was screaming at me, saying, are you nuts? What are you doing, mate? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I remember um, telling my wife, like, you know, it's, it's time for me because I was in a partnership in the um, supplement business. And, you know, at one point it was, uh, like I said, it was a multi-million dollar company. It's not like, you know, life was good, you know, but, but I was miserable. And yeah, I remember saying, I'm going to sell out. I've got to figure it out over the next year, work my way out of this company. And she's like, what are you going to do? Um, and I was like, well, I want to teach meditation. <laughs> and she, she kind of chuckled. I went, okay, um, how are you going to make money and teach meditation? I was like, I don't know, but I know. That's what I need to do. And she's like, well, well all right then. Let's do it, you know. And she got behind me. And, and, and it, for me, because I'd been working on the inner work for such a period of time, it was revealing to me 
these aspects of knowing now they say the mind thinks but the heart knows yes and the 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 hardest journey for us is the head to the heart it's the shortest one but the longest one in some respects and it's like well you know and i always used to think that was metaphoric um your heart opening or like what what do you want about like it it just didn't add up because I, i i had no i hadn't thrown like if there's a gap and you're trying to create a bridge until you get that first rope across to get the first twine before you can throw more across to to get a big solid bridge the first one seems weird like how are you going to get it across and and so i had no relationship to the heart Mm. and um but then as i started to delve in to look at the science behind it as well like greg braden has done a ton of work on this if anyone wants to google or YouTube, Greg Braden, he's got a great book out there called Resilience from the Heart, mm. talking about the fact that if we actually connect deeper to the heart, he went and studied many ancient um, civilizations and their relationship with the heart. And ultimately the heart has its own brain-like cells. Mm. They're called sensory neurons. And uh, so it actually has this intelligence just like the brain. But more interestingly, if you look at the HeartMath Institute, They've done about 221, 222 peer-reviewed studies. I was my kids screaming on the screen. Of the the heart and showing that the heart is actually, you know, the heart and the brain, because you would have heard of the gut, the heart and the brain connection, that there's this freeway of of intelligence that is constantly interconnected and changing. But if we're in a stressed-out state all the time, if the autonomic nervous system, which is fight or flight or rest or repair, if we're constantly in this fight or flight, which I believe most of us are, because unless we have a development practice with the amount of information that's bombarded to us, we are stimulating a nervous system in such a way that it's not giving the body permission to reorganize itself back to its natural state like we spoke of, mm. right? At the beginning, like with nature, that natural rhythm. So we all of a sudden we we we're narrowing our focus and we're becoming more disconnected from ourselves because of how stressed out we are. And the heart is a pivotal gateway to that that informational exchange that runs up and down the spine. So if we then start to nurture that connection and actually start bringing our awareness and our attention intention and attention to the heart we can actually start to build that bridge and emotion is an incredible generator behind it and if we can so that's when i started to understand about a gratitude practice and actually generating those emotions and communicating with my body differently to set up a different rhythm to the actual emotions that i had been running on for a large part of my life which was unworthiness and depression Mm. right so then once i understood that you could develop that brain like heart of yours but then the heart actually sends 80 to 90 percent of the information to the brain so the heart has actually got a field of energy that's receiving information it needs no words and until you now you can actually we've done hundreds of we've had hundreds of people feel this energy if not thousands i'm not just talking metaphorically you can feel it move through their arms through their hands and actually come out of the heart and they actually can create this torus of energy through it and if you look at all nature it moves in torus it moves in spirals and so you're reconnecting back to source you're reconnecting back to this energy that's within and around all of us except we're like goldfish swimming in a goldfish bowl and we've grown up in that our entire life and we're just not aware that we're actually in water in our environment mm-hmm. and as humanity now we're so thirsty it's just nobody's told us how to take a drink yes. and once we know how to do that we're actually already there so then as you then start to practice that you can then develop that knowing that feeling that intuition and one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is space and time and just simple practices. So we need to start looking at all elements of our life and, and start seeing what's serving us, what's not serving us. What would my future self thank me for tomorrow, next week, next year, and in 10 years' time? And then it becomes a process of elimination and we can start removing the things that are stressing us out, doing these things. And, and yes, we will have to have courage. And yes, we will have to make decisions that we might have been avoiding for a long time. But 
what would you rather? Wouldn't you rather live in, get back to your authentic self? Or would you rather live in denial and stay locked in where you are? Like there is so much, I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to that, uh, that they problem sealed. And, and I've heard some horrific cases in the past of people having different experiences and traumas and everything or where they feel trapped or, or whatever might have happened. But, you know, over time, you're able to look back and there's wisdom that can be taken from this, allowing us to free ourselves up to see aspe aspects of ourselves we would not have seen without that pressure. And it allows us to live a deeper, richer life because we then start to have contrast. If we know what true sorrow or pain or grief feels like, then when love comes, we know what true love feels like because then also we've got this polarity from one aspect to the other. And it allows us to live a richer life yes. from that. Yes. Yeah. Beautifully said. Beautifully said it. You know, we've had to go through darkness to understand what light is, you know, and uh, to appreciate what the light is. And um, I think there needs to be an interplay uh, between it, between the two. Uh, but primarily if we're tapping into, you know, our intuition and, and what our soul's journey is in this lifetime and our abilities, um, you know, our capabilities as, as humans, um, you know, we're, we're able to avoid, um, I suppose, the things that... Um, take us to a lower vibration and, uh, you know, keep us in a lower vibration, uh, I suppose. You know, so there's all the, all the things, you know, in our ecosystem and our diet and our environment, um, all that type of stuff which can take us out of a flow, you know, out of flow. And you know what it's like when you're in a beautiful state of flow, when you're just in tune with yourself and in tune with everything, it's, it's a real gift to be alive. I was going to ask you, you know, what are some of the most profound moments you've had in your own life personally with regards to you know, an experience or, you know, a practice that you've done, which has, you know, had a major shift um, on Guy Lawrence, um, you know, has that happened like sort of regularly or does it pop up every now and then when something really, um, you know, really shifts you, um, you know, from, from your awareness, I suppose, uh, as it is at the, at the present time? Yeah, wow. There, there's been so many. <laughs> Uh, and they, they kind of they kind of gathered speed. I mean, the first thing, one of the most profound things is I was actually witnessing the birth of my child. She's two and a half now, and and to me that was a complete spiritual experience, more than any of the um, out of body or what mm -hmm. <laughs> mystical experiences I've had because it, it it was so it was just so beautiful and and watching nature and what my wife went through and and Ava being born into this world so and actually feeling the presence of source in that moment it was it was it was a divine moment so in fact it was that but to to lean into your question you know I, I kind of used to want to I used to question these things are they possible when you start to you know you, people would talk about um the divine source or the, the zero point field or the quantum field or um, ascension, whatever, whatever it might be that there's all these different terminologies from different um, sorts of belief that have been passed on for, for millennia, you know, and um, my first introduction into that was about uh, well, well over 10 years ago, I'd already have a meditation practice and I did a, sh a shamanic journey with uh, the plant ayahuasca and um, I remember I was terrified at the time because I, I'd heard all sorts of things it's called the vine of the dead the vine of the souls you know you're gonna you, you're gonna vomit all night and purge the body you're gonna see demons you're gonna see like there's just so much noise out there um, and it was a big deal for me because when I was a kid, I actually had a really bad experience taking magic mushrooms. I was about 14, and I was with all the kids. I didn't really know what I was doing, and I took a bunch of them, and, it, and I just hid an abandoned house in the cellar for hours until this thing wore off. And funnily enough, I never touched a drug again after that, um, and that was my only experience, and it was terrifying. <laughs> so I had all this trauma built up as well because I wanted to lean into... I guess start, I was understanding that I really need to start looking at my fears and leaning in. This is this my supplement company was doing pretty well at the time, and but I, I just wasn't happy. So anyway, long story short, I 
then watched way too many YouTube videos on, on ayahuasca and went and did a journey and and had this incredible experience. Um, um, I, I, it was the first time in my life I understood what surrender meant, like fully, as if you're going to die, surrender. You know, it's something, it's not, death is not talked about. We avoid it. It's kind of, you know, you see bodies blown up in movies and the news portrays death all the time and in, in such a way that we become numb to it in some respects. It's very odd. And yet, when faced with it, it's, you know, how do we show up? Are we going to surrender into it, you know? So, look, it was all these things going through my mind because my body thought it was going to die before I drank the bloody... Um, <laughs> the, the the plant and um, I remember drinking it, thinking, I, if I fight this in any shape or form, I'm I'm done. Like in terms of, I'm gonna have a horrific night. Um, there was something deep within me that really wanted to explore this and go there, which, looking back, was my soul. But my ego and my mind and my body was just freaking out, like to the point where I thought I was gonna faint just before I drank it. And I remember laying down and, and I fully surrendered. And I remember thinking, I'm going to trust. I am going to 1,000% trust this process. I am going to fully surrender. Not one part of me is going to fight any aspect of this at any given moment. I'm all in. That's it. I'm going. And I laid there, Aaron, and and the next thing, you know, after about 20 minutes, the, 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 the plant took a hold of me. And I have <laughs> basically evaporated. I felt my body evaporate. I felt um, I, I, it was it was incredible. And I became part. I, I saw the whole cosmos, and I started having a tour around and showing me different aspects of the universe, which just sounds crazy, like when you're in this physical. But when you're in this altered state of consciousness, you're you're there. Like that's as real as this reality. But my, and I truly believe I had these experiences because I fully surrendered. Mm. If there, there, there was some, there was a far greater intelligence than my intelligence that was working with me, yes. and and it senses it. No, it, there's a knowing there of what you're bringing to the table or what you need to learn. So it showed me this, and I had all these, and it showed me a lot of darkness, but a lot of light, and it basically gave me kind of the spectrum of the human experience in some respects. And I remember coming out of that thinking, wow, was it, was, but was that the plant or was that me? Was that real or was that just a dream? Because even though I felt so real, because I drank a plant. So uh, that led me on a, a more of a deeper inner journey then to start asking bigger questions. And I started looking at uh, meditation much more closely and looking at the pineal gland and understanding the nervous system and looking at consciousness and then looking at um, energy rising and Kundalini and if we open the pineal gland and uh, are we consciousness having a human experience or a human that just happens to be conscious, you know. So asking all these different questions and then I started meditating much more committed on a regular basis and then I was able to then take myself back to those states just from a meditation practice, basically. Mm. Um, and then it was happening spontaneously at like three o'clock in the morning, just from when I would set an intention. And I know that all sounds, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm always cautious in, in sharing too much in terms of my experiences, because everyone's experiences needs to be their experience. And I certainly don't want to impose mine, because people then go, well, why isn't that happening to me? What is this and what is that? But the, the, the greatest lessons I learned from all of that <clears throat> was like I've had many experiences where I'm not my physical body. And then I've had many experiences where I felt so physical. It's so heavy and so dense and so hard, like depressing or, you know, grief and pain. Like, so when you look at it, there was like this vast contrast of these experiences and what I've realized, and what I realized from it all was we're having this experience now in this moment. And we tend to bypass so we can lean into spirituality just as much as that beer or alcohol to avoid what's going on in the moment. Right? And ultimately, for me, it's, it's about nurturing both camps. 
to allow us, and if you look at it, if you look at the energy centers for the moment, the heart is the center with the lower energy centers below that, that allow that take us deeper into density and form yes. all the way down to the base center. And obviously the three centers above that are leaning more into to, to the voice, to the sight, to the, to the source yes. that are taking us into spirituality. So ultimately the center of the eye is the heart, the torus. And as we start to really come from that center and live from that place, we're then able to have a foot in both worlds. Yes, and yeah, and uh, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I'm hearing myself talk, talk myself, and my old well self would just be like, "Oh, God's sake, what's <laughs> here?" Right? But and don't get me wrong, I'm you know, I'm definitely more in one than the other on some days, and some in the other on other days. You know, and um, you know, if I stub my toe, I still want to punch a wall sometimes, and I just go, you know, and uh, yeah, like it's it's funny. I'm not a void of the human experience. It's and and. I don't think we're meant to be in some respects, but there's a constant, um, never-ending improvement, a never-ending learning of wisdom that we start to nurture in. And ultimately, um, all I want to do is my best, and whatever that looks like each day. And as we, from those experiences and, and having different um, mystical experiences, that just blew my mind. Yes. Um, to you know, waking up, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here. I'm, I'm somewhere else. Like where am I? I'm, a, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, it, 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 and then feeling your, your energy stuff come back into your body. You, you're like, wow, there's so much more than we actually our little mind knows. Yes. And the most important thing is for me now is finding as many moments that want to come to my awareness in the day. It could be just a simple cuddle from my daughter or my wife and just hold, just holding that and being there in that moment for that second, yeah. you know, taking that extra few minutes to cook my meal, not, not pacing to, I open my email inbox sometimes and I just go white by the amount of people trying to get my attention from <laughs> the business, from work to, to you know, like, Oh, take a breath. It's okay. Not, feeding my anxiety into that loop. I can, I, you know, it doesn't matter. I can disconnect from all of them. Let's, let's come back here for a minute now um, and, and be with that and then nurture that. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. I, I, it's almost like a mantra. Like, I, I've always been okay. <laughs> yeah. No matter how dark or tough it was, I've always been okay. Yeah. And it's always worked out. And when I look back, there's always a wisdom from that. I thought, wow, I really didn't see that perspective of it at the time. But now I look back and think, boy, I've really grown in that area, you know, and I'm glad. And then, and then that allows us to have a bit of empathy and kindness for ourselves and compassion as well, you know. There's times to be a warrior and there's times that we need compassion, you know. And I think the heart encompasses all of it, ultimately. Yeah, it's the, the fulcrum, I suppose, isn't it? And, uh, you know, everything operates around it. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, we have a tug of war, uh, you know, with, with, with our emotions as men, uh, depending on, you know, our environment and the way we are, you know, on a daily basis. But it was really, you know, I was quite masculine. My teacher gave me a, a meditation practice, which is about, you know, recruiting the pituitary and the pineal gland, and, and, and that basically develops a neutral mind. Um, it helps you, you know, become more, more centered, and in the neutral mind, you can be calm and pure, and speak directly, you know, from the light of your soul. Then you mm-hmm. can act. Then you can act from a place of intuition. And um, I, when I, when that was given to me, I, I thought it was very weird, but I thought this is given to me for a reason, and now I know why. After you know, doing it daily for five years, for you know, half an hour or more every day, and. Um, uh, that was just a, a pure moment of, I, okay, there's something bigger than me and beyond my ego and what I believe that I need to uh, explore here. And, um, and that's what you've done. You know, you, you've actually done that with some of the practices that you've experienced that, that's taken your consciousness to another level. And, and sometimes, mm. you know, we get back to responsibility again. You know, so our response to to um, to something can be uh, you know quite quite negative, but if we're open 
and we're coming at it from that, that curious space rather than the judgment space, then all of a sudden we're actually opening ourselves up to, um, to something which can be, you know, um, you know so, so um, I suppose, uh, uh, you know, it takes us to a place where we'd never even considered before, put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to I kind of put a bow in all this as well for people listening to this and they go, oh, is that possible? Is that not? And, you know, should I explore this? Or uh, there's a part of me that wants to explore this, but then, you know, my mates are going to just think, oh, that's just, you know, what, full of shit, whatever, right? Mm. And, but what I've found over the years is that when you, when you come together as groups, that's why I'm so passionate about running our one-day events and our, and our retreats. That when you when you start to come together, so when you think of nature, there's a rhythm to nature, yeah, and there's a there's a there's a harmony that operates. Like we said, it's beyond words. Nature is just perfect in its in its form. And once we, but if you think about the way we live our lives, it's very chaotic. <laughs> the people that are around is very chaotic. You know, it's it's very um, incoherent. You know, you got coherence. You know, uh, you look at a shoal of fish, flock of birds, coherent, there's, there's a harmony there, and then there's incoherence scattered everywhere, right? And there's a rhythm that starts, that there's an entrainment that happens when you start to put people together and actually start to work with that energy that we spoke about. Mm. And from that entrainment, then you, what's happening, we're all starting to be, so every cell becomes entrained, every human becomes entrained, and the energy starts to become entrained within that environment, and then you actually create a container for people. So you start creating a very sacred space for people to lean in. And as that entrainment, you're you're encouraging the natural wisdom of the body to start to reharmonize and reorganize itself. From that, there's like an emerging consciousness that comes out of individual people coming together. It's like putting ten batteries together, but then you can amplify it to a hundred outputs times a hundred. So doing that is phenomenal. And once you start to, then that's when you can lean in to have the mystical experience. That's when you can lean in to start to feel your body reorganize itself or have that intuitive insight or see that synchronicity for the first time. Like all the wonders start happening in this container and you think, holy moly, it is possible. This is just not just not from a book or from a brain, this is beyond all that. And I'm experiencing it. I feel like it's like to connect fully to something far greater than me than the first time or go beyond my senses. Mm. But then once that happens, see, we have a reference point. We have a new frame to go to that wasn't there before. So it's a bit like we've been going down the same bobsled track for 50 years and it's well-worn. And all of a sudden, we've just got this new bobsled track and you think huh i can go down this one and then the more you use the new bobsled track the the old one becomes redundant after a while so heb's law is said neurons that fire together wire together and what doesn't fire together unwires so all of a sudden if we've been practicing the same story down that bobsled track and all of a sudden you have a new experience down the new bobsled track or I want to reinforce that one. That's going to encourage me to come home and do my practice. That's going to encourage me to start moving more. It's going to encourage me to, to flick my diet more, get rid of the people in my life that are actually really toxic or holding me back. I want to have people more loving in my life and people that support me and nurture me in my life. And then you keep reinforcing that track. And that's how the trajectory changes. Yes. So I want to emphasize that because it comes all the way back to how we started this community connection we start to emphasize the connection to ourselves at a deeper level which then reinforces a deeper connection to others at a deeper level because we get past the facades and we really start to see the person for who they truly are and then we go beyond that and then we connect to the nature earth the planet that we very live on and we start becoming much more harmonious and from there it's not all about the self the small self but the big self the collective self and that way we, we want to co-create and cooperate and come from a very different place than just the analytical mind that's self-serving. That's, that's all the universe wants us to do, isn't it? Yes. It really is. 
I, I walk out my back door and my front door and I'm greeted by wildlife and, and that everyday guy and I, I watch what they're doing and I see what they're doing and they're just doing what the universe wants them to do. They're eating what the universe provided for them to eat. You know, they're not, they're not having disease. Uh, you know, humans are... I got this uh, capability, but um, you know, to to go beyond that. But that's that's really our, our 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 downfall in many ways. You know, just getting back to the simplicity of it all. I think is um, is is really you know fundamental um, to be able to get back to that wholeness of self, but also the wholeness of of you know community. The 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 the, the First Nations people and the traditional cultures had it right, I guess, didn't they? You know. Um, they, 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 they saw the essence of all this and uh, they know the essence of all this. And I really believe what's happened over the last few years is going to be more uh, awareness to maybe coming back to more of an, an Indigenous way of living. Um, that simplicity, I think, is, um, is really what's, what's missing in a lot of people's lives. We've complicated things, mm. but um, uh, I just think we can, we can, we can change that. We can't, yeah. I, and just to wrap up the podcast, you know, on that note, I, I think technology is not going away. And, you know, the, the systems that are in place are very embedded. And um, ultimately, at the end of the day, what I would love to see and envisage is, is people from both camps that are leaning into all, all this, the, the wisdom of this work that we speak of to the, the medical doctor, to the, to the politician or where I, you know, but coming together and and looking at what's best for everyone, yes. what's best for humanity, and making steps forward together. Um, maybe I'm just daydreaming, but you know, at this point in time, I I certainly feel that I can contribute by allowing people to bring a greater awareness to themselves that will ask bigger questions, and hopefully lean into taking action that's going to serve us all and not just self-serve at the end of the day. Yeah, beautifully said. It, it, it all starts with ourselves too, you know, making that change ourselves and, and doing those little things that you suggested to um, to to help us reach our, our full potential and, and discover, you know, possibilities, um, mm. you, know, uh, you know, capabilities, possibilities, responsibilities, you know, all those abilities are within our power. And uh, I guess, you know, if uh, people are struggling, they might be able to maybe connect with you and, and look at some of the work you do because really that's what we need. Sometimes we do need a little bit of a, uh, um, you know, uh, I suppose a, a retreat or a, uh, a workshop or something which can really spark us um, into action because it's, it's hard work ourselves sometimes. How can people get hold of you if they wanted to look at the work you're doing and maybe look at um, engaging in one of the, um, the offerings that you have? Yeah, look, if they're interested in the retreat or workshop, uh, we, we generally hold them in Australia, though so we will be in Portugal in July this year. Um, come back to liveinflow.co. So that's where all our retreats and events are. And personally, I might be biased, but I swear by them. That's what's helped me over the years, by getting out of your own environment, getting out of the environment that keeps telling you who you think you are. Yes. Right, and if you remove yourself from that and put yourself around people that are all coming for the same reasons at the end of the day, and that's to find a deeper aspect of themselves and be around beautiful people that encourage and nurture the the progress within. It's it's life changing. I'll say that much. And also, if people want to connect with me more, I run a podcast on a weekly basis, um, and that's called Let It In with Guy Lawrence that can be found on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes and I have many conversations that go deeper um, are all around this work as well and my, my personal website is my name guylawrence.com.au awesome. so, podcast, there we go really I don't listen to any, any other podcast but yours you know oh, I, I, <laughs> and Marcus Pierce he's probably going to be listening to this but, um, but, yeah, I'll listen to that a bit too. And, uh, you know, the best thing that I ever did maybe 10 years ago was disconnect from media because media was just destroying me as an individual and my consciousness, you know, to be able to listen to things uh, which, uh, you know, uh, nourishing you I think is critical and important uh, mm -hmm. rather than, you know, they're, they're empowering you rather than disempowering you. And um, 
Um, yeah, that was the biggest thing that I, uh, I I did was start to get onto Rich Roll years ago, and he um, he because I was into athletics at the time, he was into that too, and and that sort of helped me. Um, you know, awesome. learned through the physical body some things, but also that took my awareness away from the mainstream stuff, which I'd been indoctrinated into since I was a little boy. You know, <laughs> so I had to unlearn a lot of the shit that um, that uh, the TV taught me, as I suppose you would have as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember um, turning my TV to face the wall, <laughs> and uh, and I, I was like for about ten years. It was a face the other way. We'll, watch, we'll enjoy the, the odd Netflix show now. Something that, uh, you know, myself and wife will sit down to here and there, but that's it. I, I, people tell me what's going on in the world. That's the only way I hear of it, really. Yes. Um, I, I really feel that if we, if we actually disconnect from that, <clears throat> if it's big enough and important enough, people will tell you about it anyway. Yes. And, and uh, focus on ourselves and how we can be, become a better human and feed into our communities and and um, countries and environment, then uh, that, that's how I feel the world's going to become a better place. Agree. And it's not just you that benefits, everyone else around you does. So, you know, it all starts with, uh, with, with, with one practice or, you know, having a, a mentor like yourself to be able to help you on your way, you know, and, and that return on investment, I think, is significant. This is where we get stuck in Australia, just to actually like commit to something which can help us you know we, we to and fro a bit like your ayahuasca experience uh you know your fear and your negative mind gets in the way but once you just let go of that that's when you when you open yourself up to you know real growth as a human i guess thousand percent yes Amazing, amazing, mate. Thank you so much, Guy. I'm sure we're going to catch up at some stage down the track. I'd like to go to Portugal with you, but uh, I don't know whether I'll make this one, but maybe down the track I will. <laughs> no worries, Aaron. It's been a pleasure being on the show. Thanks for inviting me along, mate. Cheers, Appreciate mate. it. Cheers.